Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Great to be with you and lots to talk about right now in the world of the New York Islanders. Uh, We will talk about the injuries to, uh, of course, Josh Bailey uh, and Anthony Beauvillier and whether they'll be available for tonight's game against the Flames. We will talk about the personal loss to defenseman Thomas Hickey, and uh, of course we will talk a little bit about the coronavirus and how it's affecting the National Hockey League, and of course we preview tonight's game against the Flames, and we have this date in Islanders history. Now, if you have a question or a comment or a topic you'd like us to discuss, send us an email. The address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we discuss your topic or question. Uh, We also can be followed on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date that way on all the latest news and notes from around the New York Islanders. All right, let's start off with some sad news. Unfortunately, uh, Dan Hickey, the brother of Islanders defenseman Thomas Hickey, also uh, now playing, of course, with Bridgeport for most of this season, uh, losing his battle with cancer yesterday. Uh, Thomas Hickey's brother Dan was just 32 years old, and uh, Hickey left before last night's game to be with his family in Calgary, and we send our very, uh, our condolences and our best wishes to the Hickey family at this difficult time. His brother uh, married with a young child and just, again, leaving us at way too young an age, so uh, certainly well wishes to Thomas Hickey and his family and uh, just a very sad moment that, uh, you know, you just wish that nobody would really have to go through. Not sure when Hickey will be rejoining the Islanders or the Sound Tigers for that matter, but we will keep you updated with regard to that. Now, as for the injuries to Anthony Bavillier and Josh Bailey, Bailey, as you know, for example, missed the last two periods of Tuesday's game in Vancouver, did indeed practice with the team on Wednesday, and is expected to be available tonight 
in Calgary. Anthony Bovillier also, uh, according to Coach Barry Trotz, after Wednesday's practice, Bovillier is also expected to be available for the Islanders, and that is certainly uh, good news. So, looks like Bailey and Bavillier avoiding serious injury and should be available now. Jody Boychuk, uh, the issue with him right now is his vision. He has been skating, uh, not in contact drills, not with the team, but he has been skating, uh, you know, during practices. And Boychuk said uh, that his vision is about 60% of the way back. And, you know, there's obviously swelling and, and uh, you know, when you get a skate cut right near your eyelid uh, or your eyebrow, uh, you know, there's swelling and discomfort. And obviously you can't take contact there without risking opening it up again and, and, and experiencing all kinds of complications. So, Boychuk says he's at 60% as far as his vision is concerned. I would say he's at probably at least, you know, we're talking about after this four-game road trip uh, as to when he rejoins the team. That's just my estimate, not uh, necessarily uh, any inside information with that uh, statement. But, you know, I would say, you know, the road trip goes through the uh, beginning of next week, maybe in Pittsburgh. But as far as the games this weekend coming up, uh, I don't think we will see Johnny Boychuk. So that's the latest injury update in and around the Islanders. And uh, hopefully injuries will be uh, fewer and further between as this team heads down the stretch. And look, the Islanders continue to struggle a little bit. Uh, the 0-3 and 4 mark in their last seven, certainly not getting it done. And you look at the standings right now. Islanders right now in sixth place, sixth place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they right now are 10 points behind the Capitals. Islanders have a game in hand. Flyers in second place. Islanders have a game in hand on them but they're nine points back. The Penguins are six points ahead of the Islanders, Islanders with a game in hand. Carolina, one point ahead of the Islanders, even in games played. Columbus, one point ahead of the Islanders, Islanders with two games in hand. And then the Rangers uh, entering Wednesday night's games. Rangers, one, uh, two points rather, behind the Islanders, Islanders with one game in hand. So, these standings right now, 12 points separate the top seven teams in the Metropolitan Division. And the Islanders, as we know, have 14 games left on their schedule. I would say it would be almost impossible for the Islanders to win the Metropolitan Division when you've got 14 games left and you're trying to beat out six other teams and making up 10 points. I'd say that's more or less out of reach. First and second place, probably not going to be there. So that means that if the Islanders make the playoffs, we're looking at starting them out most likely on the road. But first things first, let's get this team to qualify. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we will discuss the coronavirus, how it's expect, uh, affecting sports, and where we might go from here 
one NHL team has already announced that they're going to play a few games, three scheduled games, uh, without any fans in attendance. I'm sure that won't be the first announcement that NHL teams have to make as a result of this pandemic. We'll talk about that, plus some things the Islanders can do to end this difficult losing streak, and we'll have this Dayton Islanders history and a preview of tonight's game in Calgary. Lots more to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we are back here at the Locked On Islanders podcast, and Look, uh, it's impossible right now to discuss anything in the world of sports without addressing the situation with the coronavirus, and it continues to affect not just sports, but our our lives on a day-to-day basis here in this country. Uh, Last night, the president announcing that uh, Americans will be restricted uh, to travel to and from Europe, with the exception of the United Kingdom. Uh, for the next 30 days in an attempt to stop the spread of this virus. And the NCAA already announcing that there will be NCAA tournament games played without fans. Uh, The county where the San Jose Sharks play their home games has announced that essentially for the next 30 days, there will be no large gatherings again. All of these things done to try to prevent the spread of the virus. And as a result, the San Jose Sharks will play three home games as of right now that are scheduled uh, at the Shark Tank without fans in attendance. Obviously, uh, this is going to cost all sports leagues uh, that are affected uh, a lot of money when you add up tickets that have to be refunded parking fees that aren't going to be paid, programs that aren't going to be bought, hot dogs, pennants, jerseys, uh, beer, all the different things that people buy and do when they're at a game, you know, you're going to take away, uh, for example, the Sharks out of 41 home games, three have now been, you know, are going to be played with no fans in attendance. You're taking away a percentage of the team's revenue, and and in the NHL, most of all, when teams are more dependent on gate receipts than other leagues are, uh, this may have a a big-time effect on the games that we watch and how we watch them and whether we can attend the games in person. So, you know, we will keep an eye on this. No news forthcoming right now from the Islanders at either the Barclays Center, where they have two games remaining, or the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, and obviously, folks, if you're going, you got to use common sense when you go to games. Wash your hands. Uh, you know, try to avoid direct contact with the people around you. High fives, probably not the best idea. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we can all get through this situation. But right now, sports... Definitely being affected. The NHL has already announced, for example, that reporters will no longer be allowed in the locker room to interview players post game. And I could tell you from experience from the years that I did that, you know, it's going to be different. They're going to basically bring out select players for press conferences uh, that will, you know, make it less you know, there'll be more distance between the players and the reporters. And also, you know, from a reporter's standpoint, you're not going to get 
those one-on-one interviews, they're all going to be part of larger scrums. But at the end of the day, obviously, keeping everybody safe is the most important thing. And uh, again, hopefully uh, we can contain this as best as possible. We will keep you updated on all the latest developments as they happen with regard to how this virus affects the Islanders and the NHL. But right now, we are seeing the beginnings of changes in the way we watch sports, in the way sports are covered. And, you know, we're going to see some games played in front of empty stadiums uh, in an attempt to to hopefully stop the spread of the coronavirus. All right. As far as the Islanders are concerned, right now this team, you know, they they had a good offensive game against Vancouver. And that was a very encouraging sign. And I guess you could look at things two ways. Look, the Islanders scored four goals against the Canucks. And when the Islanders score four goals, they're going to win most of the time. That there is no doubt about. So that was encouraging. The discouraging thing is, of course, they also gave up four goals and then lost in the shootout. And they realistically have to be able to, you know, play a more aggressive offensive style without sacrificing that much defense. And that is not what happened against the Canucks. And one concern that I think a lot of Islander fans have right now. You know, this is a team that has to win a lot of games, two to one, three to two, one to nothing. And playing the Barry Trotz style requires a lot of energy, a lot of effort. You're basically playing in all three zones all the time. And it takes a toll on a team. And I was speaking to a friend of mine who also has covered the Islanders this year And he said, you know, at times this looks like a tired hockey team, that maybe the style that the Islanders play, the all out, you know, defending at all costs, everybody back checks, everybody has to play in all three zones. You got to win low scoring games. It's always tight. It's always close. Maybe after this many games, having been played 68 games, maybe it's taking a toll on the New York Islanders, and they're running out of gas. I hope that's not the case. And I think, again, there were some very encouraging signs in that game in Vancouver, but there were some discouraging signs as well, and this team really does need to start waking up and playing a complete hockey game. When was the last really complete hockey game that the Islanders played? It's been a while since you could say, yeah, they did well offensively. Yeah, they they were smart in their own zone. They cut down on opponent scoring chances. They got good goaltending. They made good passes. They didn't pass up obvious scoring chances. They checked well. They hit well. You know, when was the last time the Islanders really played a complete hockey game? And the answer is, I don't remember. I mean, Maybe the win against the wins against Detroit and San Jose, and let's face it, right now, those are two teams that are, you know, not going to make the playoffs. Detroit, by far, record-wise, the worst team in the NHL. So, 
you know, against even an, a mediocre opponent, it's been a while since the Islanders have put together a complete hockey game. And folks, time is running out for this team. As we mentioned, 14 games left on the schedule. And uh, that's 28 points still up for grabs, which means at most the Islanders can finish with 108 points on the season. And the way they're playing right now, they won't even get close to 100. So time to fix this thing. Time to just go back to basics. When you're slumping like this, you go back to the things you do best. And uh, that really does mean playing simple, smart hockey. That's what Barry Trotz preaches to begin with. And that's what the Islanders need to do as they continue this West Coast road trip. We said they need a minimum of four points preferably five or more on this trip. They got one out of two against Vancouver. We'll see what they can do against Calgary tonight uh, as they continue the Western Canada swing. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we will have this date in Islanders history and preview tonight's game against the Flames. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to March 12, 2002, at the HSBC Arena in Buffalo, Islanders and Sabres going at it. Chris Osgood in goal for the Islanders and future Islander Martin Biron in the net for the Buffalo Sabres. Actually, a lot of Islanders in this game or future Islanders playing for the Sabres. Uh, you know, Miroslav Shetan, for example, Alexei Zhitnik, Martin Beran, uh, lots of uh, Tim Connolly, lots of former and future Islanders uh, in this game playing for the Buffalo Sabres. So in the first period, it was the Islanders getting on board first. Kip Miller getting his fourth goal from Dick Tarnstrom and Brad Isbister at 17:30. And the Islanders took the one to nothing lead. Late in the second period, the Islanders would extend that lead. Dave Scatcherd, his ninth from Kip Miller and Brad Isbister at 19 minutes. And after two periods, it was a two nothing Islanders lead. Meanwhile, a heavyweight fight in the closing seconds of this game. We will get to that in just a minute, but. Jason Blake, an empty net goal with 37 seconds left on the clock. Blake's seventh from Matt Lindgren and Roman Hammerlick. That makes it a 3-0 Islanders victory. But with five seconds left, Eric Cairns of the Islanders and Rob Ray of the Sabres drop the gloves. And then Mark Parrish of the Islanders and Eric Bolton of Buffalo uh Paris goes off for roughing. Bolton goes off for roughing. He also gets a 10-minute misconduct and a game misconduct. So things get a little, a little physical out there and a little out of hand in the closing seconds. Meanwhile, uh, Kip Miller a goal and an assist. Isbister with two assists to, pl- to pace the Islanders. Isbister, Miller, Roman Hammerlick, and Dave Scatcherd all plus twos. And as far as shots on goals were concerned, Adrian Acoin, Sean Bates, Jason Blake, 
and Kip Miller each had four shots on goal. Osgood, by the way, making 28 saves to earn the shutout. He also picked up two penalty minutes. Martin Biron, 25 saves in a losing effort for the Buffalo Sabres. Islanders beating the Sabres 3-0 on this date in Islanders history, March 12, 2002. All right, next up for the Islanders tonight, the Calgary Flames. That's actually the team that came into the NHL in 1972 with the Islanders. Of course, back then they were the Atlanta Flames. Calgary right now in third place in the Pacific Division with 79 points with 12 games to go. Vancouver just one point behind them. Edmonton just four points ahead of them. So a very tight race in the Pacific and the Flames hoping to uh, win a few games. They are fresh off a loss in their last matchup, a 5-3 home loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Prior to that, a three-game winning streak, so uh, Calgary not doing too bad uh, overall. Meanwhile, the goaltending, Dave Riddich is their starter. He's 24-17-2, and a 2.97 goals against and a 9.07 save percentage. Ex-Ranger Cam Talbot is the backup. He's 12-10-1 with a 2.63 goals against and a 919 save percentage. Overall, as a team right now, Flames 19th in goals scored, 18th in goals against. But one of the reasons they're more successful than those average numbers is their special teams. The power play ranked 11th in the league at 21.2, and the penalty kill 9th at 82.1% efficiency. So special teams, a big reason for the Flames' success this season. Matthew Kachuk, the leading point-getter, he has 61 points, 23 of them goals. Johnny Goudreau, 58 points. Elias Lindholm with 54. He leads the team with 29 goals. The only other player with more than 20 goals right now, Sean Monahan. he has 22 goals and 48 points. We look at the line combinations right now. Monahan centers Goudreau and Lindholm as the top uh, trio. Uh, Michael Backlund is the second-line center with uh, Manjapane and Matthew Kachuk on either side of him. The third line, Derek Ryan centers Milan Lucic and Dylan Dubé. And then the uh, energy line is Mark Jankowski uh, in between Sam Bennett and Tobias Ryder. On defense, Mark Giordano and Rasmus Anderson are the top pairing. TJ Brody and Travis Hamanick, if he's healthy, will be the second pair. Derek For uh, Forbert and Eric Gustafson are the third pairing right now. Uh, Yuso uh, Valamaki is injured, Hamanick injured, and Noah Hannafin listed right now as day-to-day -day for the Flames, so we'll keep an eye open for them and see if they are able to go. And of course, we will be back tomorrow with a complete analysis of this game against the Flames and a preview of tomorrow night's game with the Edmonton Oilers as it's a, a very important uh, road trip here for the Islanders. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play 
the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow, and thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast.